The Teach Middle East podcast is brought to you by Schoolfinder.ae. Schoolfinder.ae is a comprehensive schools directory serving the United Arab Emirates. Is your school a member? Go to Schoolfinder.ae to find out more. Now, enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Teach Middle East podcast. I am chatting with Simon O'Connor from Dera International School, Dubai. We're going behind the principal's desk to get to know the man in the role. What makes him tick? What does he enjoy? Who is he really? The man, the mystery. No, I'm joking. But really, we want to just kind of step away from all the pedagogical talk and just talk a little bit about the person who occupies the role. So welcome to the podcast, Simon. Thank you very much. I'm looking, I was going to say I'm looking forward to this with a certain sense of trepidation, but uh, let's see how we get on. I'm a nice person. My listeners know I'm a nice person. I do not ask questions about people's deep, dark, private lives. I'm never going to ask you when you lost your virginity, but my mind says 14 and we won't go into that. Um, but really, all fun and jokes aside, let's kick off with something really easy. And that is, why did you go into education? What made you choose this profession of all the professions? It's a really good question. Um, and actually, I'm prob- I'll be utterly candid. I went into teaching for two reasons. Um, when I was 18, uh, rather than go straight to university, I took a year off. Um, and actually went and taught in a rural school in Zimbabwe. Um, it was 40 kilometers from the nearest town. It was 12 kilometers from the nearest road. Um, and that was, and it was brilliant. I mean, I, I was hopeless. I'd had very little, I did two days of tra- teach training. The theory behind it was that these were schools which couldn't attract teachers. Um, and therefore, frankly, putting in an 18 year old with some A-levels was better than nothing we can dispute whether or not it was or not at another time but so and I absolutely loved it um I really really enjoyed it um I absolutely just got such a buzz from standing in front of students helping them teaching them and it was in such a different context but I then went to university for three years I hadn't thought about teaching but really got to a point where thinking look I love doing this in the past but I know how important it is I'm going to do a PGCE with a view to this, this will take me one way or the other. I, I'm going to spend a year training up. I'll either at the end of this year know that I love this and this is something I want to do. or And I suspected probably the second response, which is that I would get to the end of it, hate it, and never want to go back to it again. But fortunately, I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed it enormously. I taught in some very challenging schools in my um, teaching in my PhD year and just kept on loving it. And actually, for the first 10 years of my um career I taught in really really challenging environments two schools that were that were very tough in Kent in the southeast of England um, teaching history and then politics and history and that buzz continued and I have to say it still continues to this day and I know we're not talking purely about education now but still working with students walking into classrooms talking to students that buzz remains and uh, as long as it does I'll keep doing it. Let it be known that Simon just told a girl from Tottenham that he taught in a tough school in Leafy, Kent. There are uh, no tough see, schools in Kent, people. <laughs> you see, everyone makes this mistake. There are some nice parts of Kent. There's some pretty tough parts of Kent as well. So I'll challenge you on that one. Really? Okay. What football team do you support? Chelsea. 
why? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, those two set questions are linked. When I started teaching in this this in my first school, um, a boy came up to me and went, Oi, who do you support? And I'd never really thought about it. I, football is not my main sport. But you could not teach in that school. It was an all-boys school. Um, this is in Kent where there was selection and these students had either not been put into or had failed the 11 plus. So it was the, with everyone else selected off the, the, the high school. Um, and football was absolutely part of the DNA of that community. You, you couldn't be credible unless you were able to talk about your team, who you supported. Actually, I grew up for the first sort of 10 years of my life um, uh, about 100 yards away from the stadium of Oxford United. But there was no way I could tell them I supported Oxford as well because uh, Oxford were they're much better now, but they certainly weren't very desperately high at the time. So I, I basically chose the team that uh, for a couple of reasons that to do with my childhood. Uh, my wife's an Arsenal fan, so that constantly causes discussion. Yeah, I know, misguided. Um, but uh, yeah, so Chelsea always have since then. And uh, yeah, we've not had a great couple of seasons, but fingers crossed we're beginning to pull back again. You see Arsenal fans, however, it's uh, it's still before Christmas. Therefore, uh, you're, doing what, you're doing well at the moment. We all know what will happen in January. Always does. We support our team through thick and thin. Let's just <laughs> say you've done something good in your life. You married an Arsenal fan. Uh, you know, you now have a little agree. grace. <laughs> she would agree. But what's your game? What's your sport? Because clearly it's not football if you're supporting Chelsea. Uh, I My my two loves are rugby and cricket. Um, I absolutely love watching rugby, um, particularly, you know, we've just just about just been knocked out of the World Cup. Um, but I think some amazing matches and I love watching rugby England. I'm a Harlequins fan, um, but cricket as well. I follow all formats of England cricket. Um, I was uh, lived in Kent, regularly used to go and watch Kent cricket. Um, and yeah, love it. I mean, the, again, the great thing about being in Dubai, there's a lot of cricket played here. Um, and we had, during COVID, we had the uh, 2020 uh, World Cup finals moved here, which was uh, which was a great opportunity. Yeah, rugby and cricket are a huge, uh, huge sports for me. And I spent possibly too long watching them. Yeah. Do you play, though? Do you play any sports? Um, I have played a little bit of cricket in the past, but not at any quality whatsoever. Um, I played a bit while I was at university, but not really played much since then. Um, it's much more of an armchair contributor than anything else. Have you gone to where? Where have you gone to watch cricket that you th you you would say would be exotic, like an exotic place that you've gone off to and and watched a live? That's game? a plan for the future. I mean, I've I've watched cricket at Lords in in London. That's a, that's an amazing stadium. Um, great place to watch watch uh, watch cricket. I've seen uh, I've seen rugby in Auckland um, in New Zealand that was amazing as well but certainly my plan when I have time whenever that may be is to either go on a Lions tour or go and watch an England cricket tour um, I'd love to go to the West Indies I'd, I'd Sri Lanka actually um, would be a great opportunity but I think the real uh, the real place for cricket, cricket to go and watch would be India to go and see an, an in India cricket um, England tour would be uh, would be an amazing opportunity something I would love to do in the future you talk about having time, if you have time, and we know your role is super busy, how do you relax? How do you take care of Simon? What do you do? Um, first and foremost, spending time with my family. Uh, I have two daughters and a wife who I already mentioned. Um, and actually, my favourite thing is to spend time with them. Um, joined to that um, is I really enjoy travel. Uh, again, a, a, an amazing opportunity that Dubai gives us is the opportunity to get to different countries relatively straight easily. Um, and 
we've traveled Europe a lot. Um, we spent a few years sort of traveling around Spain. That was great fun. But since we've been in Dubai, um, I mean, I've been to Africa a couple of times. Um, we've been to India. We go to Sri Lanka. We've been to Singapore. Um, we've been to Bali. Um, and actually, the opportunity to take my family to my second love, which is traveling and discovering different cultures, is is a real favorite of mine. That's something I love to do. Um, and ultimately, as well, um, I really, really enjoy reading. Um, I, I, one of the best things I have ever bought was a Kindle which means that I can not only buy books very quickly, but also I, I actually find that I, I've read considerably more now I've moved away from paper books. And I appreciate this is a this is a divide the room moment. People either want paper books or they want electronic versions. But for me, the Kindle has enabled me to keep reading. And I read a, a whole variety of things. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, I was a history teacher. History fascinates me. I read much to my very, very literate wife's disgust, a whole series of, Poor historical novels, but I, I love sort of immersing myself in those kind of cultures. Um, but yeah, I just keep reading as well. I really enjoy reading. That's uh, that's a great love of mine too. Um, I suppose the other one is music. Um, my family are very musical. I grew up um, doing a lot of music. I, I played the piano. I've uh, played a number of instruments, and uh, but I did a lot of singing as well. Um, and so yeah, music is a, another passion of mine, um, and the opportunity to both listen to music but also to and it's this one's not something i do an awful lot of but uh as i say um the opportunity to take part in musical opportunities is, is a great love of mine as well there you go that's that's a long answer <laughs> no it's a good answer so forget your kindle um because yep. you mentioned travel and you mentioned reading so i want to put the two together um if you are stranded on an island you can't bring your kindle but you must take two books with you what two books would you take? Because remember, you're not getting off this island. You have to keep reading those books. You have to keep reading those books. So it's going to have to be something long. Um, so the complete works of Shakespeare would interest me. Um, I've always enjoyed, I, I think that combines a love of brilliant. I mean, I'm not going to start going into why Shakespeare is great, but I, I haven't read all of those. Um, yeah, another one would be a sort of series of history of the world, because I said history is a, is a real fascination for me. Inevitably, um, despite the fact I've taught history for over 25 years, my uh, my knowledge of history is still um, fairly scant. So the opportunity to really submerge myself in more history and to learn more of history would be, if, if, if I had two, those would be my two. All right, I'm going to be fair and say, what's one other thing you would take with you on this island? I was on a desert island, uh, a speedboat, because to get off it, because I think realistically, yeah, uh, my survival skills are fairly, uh, would almost certainly mean that I'd barely get into a couple of chapters of that history book before uh, I struck real problems. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it, I think something like that always sounds idyllic, and I suspect that uh, after about 36 hours, that romance would disappear very quickly. So, yeah, I'm going to have a speedboat to get me home. Yeah. Is that cheap? You can't, you can't kind of, you can't see yourself staying on a desert island. Do you do any kind of meditation? Do you do any kind of yoga, breath work? Do you do any of these things? Um, sometimes, yeah. Um, so meditation sometimes, a little bit. Um, actually, I think one of the best things I've done is actually, and I don't know whether this counts, but I, I actually regularly have sessions with a leadership coach that just gives me an opportunity to, um, so I've been working with Will for several years and I actually think it's, and I encourage anyone that is involved, well, I was going to say leadership, but well beyond that, have an opportunity to 
have someone to coach you because I, I encourage all of my senior team. We, we've done a lot of work at the International School and indeed Universal American School, both the Alpha Tame Education Foundation schools, to try and instill coaching. And I think it's so important. And, and the, the reason it's linked to that question is that I, I describe it as, you know, we all have incredibly busy lives. We have lots going on. Um, from, you know, I'm sitting at my desk and your desk piles up with stuff. But I think your mind does as well. And for me, coaching is an opportunity to clear that mental desk, is to resolve issues, to talk it through with someone who's disconnected, um, who enables you to see things in a different light. And it's so important. So, yes, I, I absolutely do do. I don't do yoga, um, but um, certainly do do personal meditation and things like that. But for me, it's coaching that is the important bit because it just enables you to clear your mind. Um, I was quite. I mean, I, I really enjoy walking. Um, now the temperature is coming down, and podcasts and things like that. Listening to podcasts, whether it's about history, whether it's about politics, whether it's about education, the opportunity just to be on your own, stick your headphones in, and listen to another view is something I really enjoy as well, and find relaxing and and educational as well. So I've known you since like Jamaica College days, coming up, yep. and you're you're quite you know. You're a, you're a real, like, s- strong leader because your schools have done well, you've done well. Um, and as a leader, people see the strong side of you. They don't normally see the vulnerable side. When was the last time you cried and what made you cry? That's a very good question. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm very happy to admit, I, I, I think people do see the strong side of me, but I think people that work with me would see the 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 nervous side, the unsure side. Uh, I think all, I'm trying desperately to think of the last time I cried, by the way, whilst I answer this question. Um, but I also think any leader, you know, we we talk about the, you know, the imposter syndrome as well. And I think however long you've done a job like this, you question yourself all the time. Um, I honestly cannot think of the last time I cried. And I don't want you to give you a false answer. No, uh, but But I will happily and happily very honestly say that yeah I do cry um and there are things that cause me upset and, and nervousness and but I think actually to come back to your question about leadership I think for me leadership has to be transparent as well and it has to be honest and it has to show vulnerability and I think I mean I, I talk to people I work with and say one of the most important things that they have to do is to tell me when I'm getting things wrong because I do get things wrong all the time everyone does and I think one of this the slightly strange positions about a, a principal or director or whatever you wish to call them is that you've got no one necessarily sitting above you saying you know this this could be better this could be better uh, i try and be as as transparent and as honest as i can be um can't think the last time i cried but it no problem i got another question for you though yeah. you know how you talk about coaching and its value i'm i'm really big on coaching um and i do believe there is great value in it in during doing that work, have you discovered what your top maybe three values are? What do you value oh, gotcha. most? I think I've, I've, I've kind of alluded to it already. I think integrity is absolutely vital. Um, we live to, I mean, again, that prompts the question, what do we mean by integrity? But I think we all know what is right and wrong. And for me, integrity is doing the right thing when, when no one's watching. Um, you know, doing it... Uh, Someone once said to me, and it really stayed with me, you know, do the right thing because then you don't have to remember why you did it. And there's a kind of a smacks of laziness. But at the same time, it's just do the right thing. We talk about integrity here at the school a lot. Um, 
I think the second one is excellence. Um, I'm involved in a school. Students get one opportunity at this. And, and, you know, as a history teacher, you might deliver that year eight lesson four or five times, possibly in one week. But that student gets one shot at it. And so we have to do the best we can for every student because they only get one shot at it. So excellence is another thing. Um, I love working with people as well. Um, and therefore, collaboration, the opportunity to listen to other people and to work with other people. I absolutely. And I think this is I think this is a misconception that people sometimes have. And I, I've talked to staff here about this. People in my position do not have a book with the answers in it. We might have some experience which lead us to think what those answers are. But actually, we are far more than simply the sum of our parts. If we work together as a team, I can't teach physics. Um, you know, similarly, I can't teach year one. But but we've got a school with great physics teachers and other subjects. We've got great teachers. We all have a role within that, but it's it's not about an individual. Um, it's not about me. It's about the collective, and it's about ensuring our students are. are and and you know, I include the students in that collaboration as well. I mean, we've had some wonderful projects at this school where students have been able to, you know, not just have an input, but actually have led projects for us. Um, with amazing results. So yeah, collaborations are another really important value for me. Working together, we're much more than the simple sum of our parts. Um, yeah. And you and go. you as a person, what do you value as an individual or within your family? What what's what's the big thing that you value most there? I think those three things in terms of excellence, um, integrity, collaboration are important. Um, I think time is important as well. I mean, I. It, I love spending time with my family. They're my, my most important thing, inevitably. Um, so spending time with them, having fun. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're on a rock that we won't get to spend a huge amount of time with. And, uh, you know, actually creating memories for each other, spending time together. And this can be my family, but it's the people I, you know, spend time with. I think it's important we create memories that we can look back on. You know, I'm, I'm constantly mindful of that thing. Very few people have lain on their, um, in their final stages in life wishing they'd worked harder um we want to create memories we want to create opportunities and, and have fun um i was watching something yesterday that someone sent me which said you know charlie chaplin said that you know most lives are up close to a tragedy but when you pull the camera back they're a comedy you know let's not take ourselves too seriously um i also also believe and i think whether this is an education you know chances are it'll all be all right in the end um you know so we just keep you know i think people can become over obsessed by the minutiae of stuff um and and actually you know we keep going until it is all right so i think positivity is important as well um but yeah have fun create memories that's okay quick fire session oh here we go (laughs) oh dear here we go no but these ones are personal and they're easy okay favorite song uh favorite song and that's too difficult that's like um it could be anything uh i'm a big Coldplay Coldplay fan i absolutely recently love their music of the spheres album so let's go with uh let's go with um something from there uh people of the pride by Coldplay. okay cool okay. favorite meal uh probably uh indian um so curry of some variety chicken jalfrezi with garlic naan there you go next holiday destination or what's it going to be? What do I hope it's going to be? Um, I haven't spent enough time exploring Africa. I've explored quite a lot of Southern Africa, 
but I would either like to go to uh, more of Africa. The other place I would love to go to, which I've yet to go to and I will go to, is South America. Um, there's a culture I haven't seen. Uh, that just fascinates me. It's a little bit far away, so it takes a bit more planning. But, uh, okay, let's go. Uh, uh, let's go Brazil. Brazil. Okay, cool. AI, does it scare you or excite you? Massively excites me. Hugely excites me. It excites me personally because I just think it's going to change. You know, I think it will be uh, as seismic a shift as the, the um, development of the internet. Um, but equally, I think that education is going to be completely transformed by this. Um, teachers love teaching. That's why they do it. But any teacher will tell you there's a certain proportion of what we do, which is bureaucratic, fairly mindless, has to be done. And I think the first stages of AI and education will take a lot of those mundane bureaucratic tasks that teachers have to do. And I don't think anyone question they need to be done and do it that much quicker for them. And the advantage of that is it will free teachers up to spend time doing what they absolutely love doing, which is the interaction with students, helping the, the students themselves, you know, not writing schemes of work, not writing or certainly curating as opposed to creating um, things like reports, marking work. It's really important, but AI will be able to do that and that will free up teachers. And I just think it will, you know, I, I think it's going to change all that we do. Um, so I'm hugely excited by it. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm a super fan of AI, but I'm also a little scared because I don't know where it will all end up. Do you know what I mean? I don't that's know exciting. That. Isn't that exciting too? That's, uh, that's, that's scary. Exciting. Who will it displace? You know, there, there are there are little issues, but that's a whole other podcast because i think yeah. yeah there will be displacements let's have that chat in another podcast then <laughs> yeah all right last question um and i want you to just kind of dream and imagine with me is simon in retirement what mm -hmm. would he be doing uh simon in retirement and, and i think this is by the people that know me best it is a horrible concept because the one thing i can tell you is that i'm worst when i'm bored so uh, what, where, where will I do? Um, well, I've already alluded to the fact that when I've got more time, which may be retirement, um, to spend some more time watching sport live, I'd love to do that. Um, but I'm actually quite deliberately preparing for this. I'm, uh, I'm doing a, a doctorate at the moment, um, investigating an element of school leadership, which fascinates me. And I actually like to keep going with that. So possibly, you know, rather than retirement, scaling back this kind of bit of job a little bit to actually develop that, because I think it's a really interesting. Um, I'm looking at the, the role of organisational culture in schools as a leadership um, school improvement element. Um, and I'd actually like to spend time continue. I, I can't see a time when I'm not working in schools or working with schools or working for schools of some capacity, because it's. I, I mentioned that buzz that I got in uh, the beginning of 1990 and it stays with me. So. Yeah, let's say let's say I spend my time working with schools, talking to schools whilst traveling the world, watching uh, watching England play rugby and cricket. Brilliant. That's a good place to end the pod. Thank you, Simon. That's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Thank well, you. thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I've enjoyed talking about it.